Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and much, much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm your host, Nara Wang, and in episode 52, my guest is Jamie Hagia, a former USC and pro women's basketball player who went on to compete twice in the CrossFit Games, finishing 18th as an individual in 2016 and 11th with her Torrance CrossFit team in 2018. Jamie, I'm so glad to have you on the Everything USC podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm definitely anything about USC I am all for. And if you enjoy listening to this show, please subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Or go right to the website, Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. On social media, at Believe Podcasts. For me, Find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Jamie, let the Trojan fans and everyone listening know where they can catch up with you on social media or anything else you're up to. You can find me on Instagram as Jamie Joyce 2 And then on Facebook, I have a Jamie Hagia CrossFit Athlete page. And also on TikTok, I'm on there. I'm just getting started, but Jamie Hagia is my username on there. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, and player performance props to where a coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head to Bet Online on your desktop or mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. B L E A V. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. I'm definitely going to talk to Jamie Hagia about this year's Women of Troy squad in a little bit, but I first want to remind some of our listeners about Jamie's playing days at USC. She was a scrappy 5'3 point guard from 2004 to 07 who finished her Trojan career with 417 assists, 7th most in USC history, just ahead of the great Cheryl Miller and more than Cynthia Cooper had for the Women of Troy, despite playing in fewer games than either of those Hall of Famers. She also made 132 three-pointers, which is still good for 8th on the all-time school record list. Jamie was Pac-10 honorable mention all-freshman, and was second-team All-Academic for the conference as a senior, which followed two honorable mentions in that category. Jamie, those are some tremendous accomplishments you had during your time at SC. What are you most proud of? Oh, man, and it's been such a long time. I can't believe it that this much time has gone by. 
I think the thing that I am most proud of is just, that's a very great question. I think just the experience of all of it. And I, I always tell people, you know, people won't really remember like these stats or, you know, how exactly how, you know, what games you won or didn't or what you exactly did, but like they do remember how you feel. So I, I do think that it's super important that I like came out of USC with the experience of meeting so many amazing people and friendships and teammates and just an incredible experience at USC. And talk about the fact that, I mean, listen, there's not necessarily a great market for five, three guards, right? In women's basketball. Talk about your journey becoming such a good player at SC because it wasn't like you were the most heralded recruit out there. I actually wasn't highly recruited at all. I finished my senior season in high school and I had zero offers. So my only options were to go to a junior college and try to get a scholarship from there. Or I got into a couple schools academically and they said I could try to walk on, but nothing was guaranteed. I went to a last minute exposure camp. One of my old coaches talk about networking. My old coaches called me and she was at Pasadena City College and they had a Adidas exposure camp. It was a last minute camp. I went out, played that weekend. And from that one weekend, the USC coaches were there. They were looking for a point guard. And from that one weekend, that was my one and only offer. I mean, think about all the things that have to happen right to get that to happen and to come to USC, a team in the Pac-10 conference, a D1 school, you get your offer. And I mean, obviously then, you know, you're not expected to play right away. And yet you made honorable mention all Pac-10 as a freshman. How was it jumping into that team and trying to earn playing time? I think coming in being like an underdog, you know, you always are working so hard just to be able to hang with everyone else. But also, I think that being an underdog, you have this attitude of, I don't care. I don't care what other people think or what they say or what if you say I I don't belong here or I can't play here. And you just have this attitude of like, I'm going to show you. So I think that's kind of the attitude I took when I took the court. I you know, it was just had to be confident in myself and my ability and, and know that trust my teammates and my coaches and, and just do what I knew that I can do, what I was capable of. And from there, I just kind of, you know, did the best I could and went out and played each game kind of without thinking so much. So my freshman year was actually really great because I, you know, no expectations. And or I think I surpassed expectations of being this under recruited kind of player that no one really thought of or knew about. So I think my freshman year was definitely surprising for myself and a lot of other people as well. Tell me about those teams that you played on, some of the players you played with. What are your best memories from those USC teams that you were on? It's really crazy. I think of like USC women's basketball as such a staple in in the history of women's basketball with all the greats that there have been. And I was very fortunate my freshman year to play with Ebony Hoffman was a senior when I was a freshman. So she was incredible to play with obviously an all-american had a great career in the WNBA I she would I would throw the ball anywhere and she would just go up and get it and score and just was so talented and and the players all the players that we played with our team had such great chemistry I also got to play with Shay Murphy she was my best friend and teammate we came in together as freshmen and hit it off right away as best friends and so it was really neat I got to see her whole journey of from being a freshman a highly recruited freshman to a two-time All-American and a WNBA player and, you know, a champion, an overseas champion. So that was really neat as well. But just my experience on all my teams, the women were so wonderful to be around and so supportive. And, 
you know, we figured it out. It's kind of, you know, you're these 18 to 22 year old, 21 year old girls. And it's great that we still stay in contact now. And by the way, just some news about Ebony Hoffman broke in the past week. She was hired as an assistant coach for the Seattle Storm in the WNBA, and she'll be coaching under Noel Quinn there. Pokey Chapman, longtime coach as well, also hired to that staff. So some big news for Ebony there, getting an assistant coaching job in the WNBA, where she played for many years, of course. And after USC, were you expecting to continue your basketball career because you ended up going overseas to play some pro ball? I did. I graduated with a degree in communication and I, I actually had two classes left. I was going to come back after my senior year for just a semester to finish up. And because Shay was, you know, drafted to the WNBA and I used her agent and he actually placed me, he found me a team to play in Greece. So it was really neat that myself and Shay and our other teammate, Chloe Kerr, she was our center. And we all played in Greece together <laughs> our first year out of college, which is really, <laughs> really a great experience being in a different country. But coming from the same team, we were all placed on different teams, but at least we got to see each other, meet up on weekends or play against each other. And um, yeah, I didn't think I was going to do that. But since I got the offer, it was something I couldn't turn down and ended up finishing my two classes in Greece. <laughs> Wow. So you were doing the remote learning even way back when, before all these kids had to because of COVID-19. Yeah, I started the trend way back in 2007. (laughs) (laughs) And how different was it playing pro basketball overseas compared to what it was like playing in college? It was definitely, I'll tell you that my experience at USC, I was I was a point guard, but I was a drive-in dish. So I was a facilitator. I never like was a big time scorer. But what happened was my senior year, I was literally supposed to play, actually not play at all, because we had Camille Lenore, who's an incredible and so talented offensive point guard. And then Jackie Jamalos was the number one recruit in the nation coming in as a freshman. So between those two, I wasn't supposed to get any playing time, which, you know, and in that summer leading up to it, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to play one minute, two minutes, I'm going to work my butt off so that when I go in, I can contribute to the team the best I can. And thank God I did because unfortunately Camille ended up breaking her hip. Jackie tore her ACL and I was the only point guard on scholarship my senior year and had to play pretty much the whole game. So that kind of changed my mentality and and the style of play that I had to look to score a little bit more, which was great because that sets you up for overseas. Because when you go overseas, they want you to score. So that definitely helped out a ton, a lot. Yeah, I definitely remember from watching those games back then, because you're right, you weren't much of a scorer your first few years at SC. And then Mark Track brings in this tremendous recruiting class that's going to set up USC to go back to those glory days of Cheryl Miller and Cynthia Cooper and the McGee twins and Jackie Jamelos, like top recruit in the country, took her away from UConn. I've had Jackie on the show to talk about that. And you end up, like you said, being the only real point guard on that roster. You're playing a ton of minutes. And all of a sudden, I'm watching you like, I didn't know Jamie could score that much because you never did it before, you know. But then you were more aggressive. You're taking threes. And I mentioned it. You're one of the top three-point shooters in school history. You have more assists than Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Miller. When you think about that, I mean, does that just blow your mind? 
Yeah, like it's wild. I like can't even believe that I'm like even in the history books of women's basketball that my name like surprised me. I went to, you know, the, to the game the other day and they had that out and they're like, oh, you can find your name in these pages. I was like, what? You know, just really surprising and shocking to me because I, I never, you know, like that's not your goal. It's like, oh man, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to, this is my number one goal is to, to get number one on this list. And, you know, you just are playing and just whatever you can to do to do the best to contribute to the team and so that your team has the best chance to win and have a great season but it it was the scoring mentality I think that took me more back to my high school days because that's what I used to do in high school and then kind of my like freshman sophomore junior year like I definitely felt a loss in confidence and that was just within myself you know and it's such a we talk about it being basketball is physical but it's such a mental game too that you have to be mentally tough And so my senior year, I really, really had a hard time with that. And I, you know, so much to the point that the team, you know, Coach Track, Jody, Derek, Kai, they sat me down and they're like with the whole entire team. And they're like, Jamie, we're going to go around and everyone's going to tell you what you bring to this team. This is how bad I was struggling with my confidence. So I remember we went around and everyone kind of told me like all the great skills and things that I brought to this team. And, you know, and I, I think that mixed in with my dad. I talked, I had a conversation with my dad and he was like, you're putting so much pressure on yourself for like, even for me to feel like I had to represent the Japanese or Asian American community at that level that I had let the pressure get to me. So he's like, just go back out there and have fun. And so when I was able to release that and all the pressure of like the community and the school and my coaches and all that stuff, that's when I really went back to the joy and the love of playing. And that's when I was so free and was reading the defense and instead of play, pass, cut, go, like it was just a really liberating, great feeling my senior year to be able to do that. Yeah, it's funny sometimes in sports and in other things, but you can get in your head and overthink things. And sometimes it's better just to rely on the natural instincts, the natural talent. And like you said, find the joy of the game or whatever you're doing and let that guide you, and oftentimes it'll lead to much better results than when you're working too hard at the wrong things, right? It's right. working smarter, not necessarily harder in how you get better in things. And then, of course, it led you to playing professional basketball overseas. What was your most favorite part about professional basketball over in Europe? <laughs> it's a... Uh... You know, you think you hear, oh man, professional basketball player, like, wow, they got it all set up. They're making tons of money. They have a great, like beautiful home and luxury cars and all that you think of that as a professional. Um, It was definitely a, an experience going over there. I love Greece. I love the people. I love the league. I love everything about that country, but it was definitely not what I was used to. Like our apartment wasn't set up. So we had to live in a hotel for a little bit. And when we moved in, it wasn't furnished. And so I had to, you know, I was trying to finish school. We didn't have internet for a little bit. I had to go to internet cafe. So it was definitely a learning lesson coming from somewhere where, you know, everything's so structured and (laughs) easier, I guess. But I think the best experience about being overseas was I think all those lessons, like I am in a different country. I don't speak the language. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know how this culture and their everything works over here, but it ended up being one of the best things to ever happen to me. I fell in love with the people, the food, just everything. And basketball was my door to getting me there, which was incredible. And to bring it back to SC, out of everything that you accomplished, that you did at USC, what was 
your favorite part about being a Trojan? This doesn't have to be on the basketball court. It could be as a student or whatever. What was your favorite part about being a USC Trojan? Oh, we always talk about this. Like it's, I mean, any USC alumni, it really is so special. It's more than just your four years there. You become like a lifetime. Like these are sisters and friends, like best friends that I, to this day, like 18 years, almost 20 years later, how do you still have this special bond that you still talk to and meet up with and connect with and can call out of nowhere? And you know, when you haven't talked to them for a while and it's just like old times. So for me, it was the connections, the people. It, USC is more than just, you know, academics. And it's more than just, I mean, incredible academics, incredible athletics, but you combine the two with a network of alumni who really care about you anywhere in the world where you go, people want to help you out. It was just hands down the best experience. This is the Everything USC podcast. I'm Nara Wang. My guest today, the former USC women's basketball player, Jamie Hagia. And if you enjoy listening to this show, you can find it on all of your favorite podcast directories. Subscribe, download, and rate it. And you can also go to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcast. To reach out to me, I'm on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Jamie, let the people know how they can contact you. You can find me on Instagram at Jamie Joyce 2. You can find me on Facebook, Jamie Hagia, CrossFit Athlete, and TikTok now at Jamie Hagia. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Masterworks. Want to make some money? How about investing in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. Now, Jamie, let's talk about the current USC women's basketball team. They are coming off of a rough two-game stretch, the home-and-home against the bitter rival UCLA Bruins, and took two losses over the past week there. The first game was rescheduled. They were supposed to start the Pac-12 season early with them, and then due to COVID-19 issues, that game had to get postponed. So they ended up playing it in a mostly empty Holly Pavilion before having the game on Sunday at Galen Center with some limited capacity for fans. And then as we record this on a Wednesday, they will be playing this weekend on Friday and Sunday up in Oregon, first against the Oregon State Beavers and then against the number 19th ranked Oregon Ducks. USC is currently 9-7 and seven on the season, and they have a 7-4 and four home record, 1-2 and two on the road, so it'll be only their fourth and fifth road games. That doesn't count the neutral site Cancun Challenge tournament that they played in down in Mexico, and they are ninth in the Pac-12 standings right now, which is where they were picked to finish before the season. They do have a big win over 
the Arizona Wildcats. And you still have some big games coming up against ranked teams like Oregon, like Stanford, and Arizona again at the end of the season. So there are still some major matchups for this Women of Troy squad coming up. Obviously, first year with new head coach Lindsay Gottlieb at the helm. And she mentioned when she talked to me on her appearances on this podcast that she wants to embrace the history of USC, such a rich women's basketball history, and reach out to some of the former players like you and get them to come back and be a part of the program in some way. So I want to begin by asking you about what kind of outreach has there been from this new program headed by head coach Lindsay Gottlieb? So this is definitely something, you know, ever since I left in 2007, that for the first time on my end, on like alumni end, that they're really making a huge effort. I mean, they've always welcomed alumni and, and no doubt, anytime you're always welcome back, you're always part of this family. But I think an extra special effort to really let us know, like, we appreciate you. We want your support. We need your support. Like, you guys are family. So they had done a Zoom. Um, I was so sad. It was my nephew's birthday and I was at Disneyland. But a lot of my former teammates jumped on. And I know a lot of the women who won those championships in the 80s, they were on there as well. And everyone said it was just an amazing you know, time getting, you know, for someone to come into this program and take the time to recognize like, hey, you, you know, your contributions to this program are important and we still would love your support and we want you to be involved and get to know the players and be a part of our program is really, really says something special about her. So not only was there the Zoom, they actually had a game where they hosted a pre-game dinner or, you know, an event where we got to meet Lindsay and and the staff and she came in and just to take your time before a game, you're already stressed out and have to coach, but to take the time to come in and personally introduce yourself. And she was really, really special and one of a kind. I'm really excited for this program. So far, based on what you've seen out of this team, what are your impressions? They are talented, you know, just talented for across the board, freshmen, all the way up to the senior and the graduate players. But I think that you know, what happens when a new coach comes in is you have to learn their system, how they work and just personalities. You're managing all different kinds of things. And I, I think she's doing a great job of having everyone buy into this system. And there's, I think one thing that was really cool that I saw, first of all, their social media. <laughs> That's another thing. I think for us to get involved on, we're relying on our devices and if we're not near and things like that. So the social media is fire. Whoever's doing it is doing a great job. They did post a thing about Lindsay was mic'd up in their film session after their first UCLA loss and before their second game with them a couple days later. And it was just really neat. She's tough love, but it's that's what you need to hear. Like to know that your coach, like that we need to get better. But I believe in all of you guys is so, so important. And and one specific thing she said was she said, we stay together and we do hard things. And to me, that's like the epitome of a great leader and somebody you want in the forefront of your team and program. Yeah, I saw that clip as well. And, you know, I would say that most programs wouldn't post something like that. Yeah. Because it would seem to some maybe as, oh, wow, she's being really critical of her players. Yep. But that was the truth. If you watch that game, USC didn't have it. It was not a great performance by any means against your biggest rival. So there has to be some tough love. But then she also couched it, like you said, with, hey, 
We're a team. We're going to stick together. We're going to work to make it better. And that's the messages that coaches have to get drilled into a team if you want to see progress, if you want to see improvement. So I thought it was a really great thing to see, but I was a little surprised to see it. I'll be honest. And like you said, credit to the social media staff for USC. There's been a lot of improvements in that regard across all sports, not just women's basketball. So that's nice to see about SC and trying to promote itself in that manner. Right. I think it lets you in. You know, it's like almost like a behind the scene, like you're part of this team. And that's something that you don't get to see as outsiders, as fans. So for you to actually feel like, oh man, I'm in the film room with them. This is what they're feeling. This is how she feels. This is what we're going through. That is what really will draw people in and and make you feel like as a fan, even more attached to this team. For sure. And there are a lot of people that you can cheer for on this team. Obviously, you've got strong talent with returners like Alyssa Peely and Jordan Jenkins, who's been really good in her sophomore season, leading the team in conference play at 17 points a game in the Pac-12 games. And really, that's been, I think, surprising to some people that Jordan Jenkins is the leading scorer for this USC team. Also, you have Jordan Sanders, who transferred in last year from UC Irvine and played really well in her first season with the Women of Troy, and she's continuing averaging in double-figure scoring again this year. And then the freshman Rhea Marshall has really been somewhat of a revelation as well. So, like you said, a talented team that's learning a new system, has a new coaching staff, and you just want to see signs of progress, right? Especially in the first year in such a tough conference like the Pac-12, you want to see that this team is progressing and getting better. Definitely. I mean, you've seen Lindsay's track record. You've seen what she's done at Cal. She coached at the highest level in the NBA. You know, immediately she's making big impacts on this team and this program, but it just is going to take a little bit of time to get it back to national championships and all Americans. And, and it'll come. I really believe it. I, there's absolutely no reason for this program to not have that. I mean, even the facilities alone, if you've never been to Galen Center, fun fact, it was my senior year was the first year it was built. So we were the first ones I got to play there, which coming from the sports arena. Oh my gosh. <laughs> huge, huge, huge. And, you know, <laughs> like, Just the facilities of Galen and everything that they're putting into their sports and these programs, like this has to be a top team in the country. For the rest of this season, what would you like to see out of this Women of Troy squad? I would like to, you know, the Pac-12 is tough. Like these are some really, you know, stacked teams that are ranked in the country. But I think if we can show that you can always, anyone can beat anyone on any given day, you know? So I would love to see them get some big wins over these teams. That would be great. And even if they don't, staying close and being able to like balance the problems they're going to face in that, the challenges, and be able to bounce back and come back from that, like the resiliency of the team. That's what I would love to see. And just uh, like having this positive attitude of like, hey, great, this is a great starting place. And we're going to take this and roll with this and, and take this into the rest of the season and the following years to come. Yeah, definitely. It's step by step. That's the way you have to look at it when you bring in a new head coach and you're going to try and turn around a program that has struggled in recent years, been kind of at best the middle of the pack in the Pac-12, which is such a tough conference with the emergence of the Oregon schools, with Stanford being Stanford, with what Adia Barnes has done at Arizona, with what they're doing up at Washington State and Colorado. So 
it's tough. Like you said, every game out there, you got to battle in this conference. And so hopefully it begins with this weekend's games up in Oregon, first in Corvallis against Oregon State on Friday night, and then a noontime showdown on Sunday against the 19th ranked team in the country, Oregon Ducks. This is the Everything USC podcast. I'm your host, Nara Wang. My guest today is former USC and pro women's basketball player Jamie Hagia, also known in the CrossFit world, which we're about to get to in just <laughs> a little bit. And so if you want to catch up with this show, subscribe, download, and rate it on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in or go directly to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcast. And for me, if you want to catch up with me about USC sports, or any other sports, really, go to Twitter, at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Jamie, if the people want to catch up with you, where do they go? You can find me on Instagram, Jamie Joyce 2 on Facebook, Jamie Hagia, CrossFit Athlete, or on TikTok as Jamie Hagia. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Now, as I mentioned... Jamie Hagia not only was a star basketball player, but then she transitioned into becoming a star CrossFit athlete, twice competing in the CrossFit Games, once as an individual, finishing 18th overall, and as a team member in 2018 with Torrance CrossFit. So I know maybe some people aren't as knowledgeable about CrossFit as they are about the regular football, basketball, baseball, and all the other major sports in the U.S. So how did you get involved to begin with with CrossFit? It's funny. It's actually basketball that led me to CrossFit. When I was done playing overseas, my very last thing before I hung up my shoes, I wanted to try out at the highest level before I gave it up. So I I did end up trying out for the WNBA, the Los Angeles Sparks, in April of 2012. And, you know, I was kind of in talks with them that if I were to make the team, you know, coming from this Asian American community, how much support they would have. So we had met with them and just, you know, really the community was so supportive and they would have loved to see me on the team. But I tried out. Unfortunately, I didn't make it, which, you know, it's so tough. They had a 11 woman roster, only 11 made the team. So I didn't make the team, but I did do a clinic for the Sparks. The whole Staples Center was full of kids and one of the parents owned a CrossFit gym and he had wrote me after and said, 
the way you move, the way you warm up, I think you'd be really good at this. I own a gym. You should come out and try it out. And I reluctantly, <laughs> I waited a couple times and then I was like, okay, fine, I'll come out. And then from there, I like absolutely fell in love with it. And that opened up the door to an eight-year career in CrossFit when I thought I was going to be done playing basketball and sports. I mean, that's wild, you know, to at a basketball clinic, that's how you get introduced <laughs> to CrossFit. And for the people who aren't as familiar with CrossFit, kind of describe what goes into CrossFit, because obviously you see there's a lot of gyms that tout CrossFit across the country for just regular folks to go and do. But what's the kind of the difference between just doing it as a regular person and doing it at the highest level and going to the CrossFit Games? <laughs> I can tell you right now, because right now I am definitely retired from CrossFit and just a regular gym goer who likes <laughs> my hour in of CrossFit. The difference is, you know, it's a healthy lifestyle we're promoting. And it, the fun thing is it's not just one specific thing. In CrossFit, you're going to mix gymnastics with body weight movements, with cardio pieces, with weightlifting, and you combine them in all different ways that are challenging and fun and a difference of, you know, short, medium and long durations. And it's always going to be different and challenging. And it's great. Honestly, I own a gym with my sister in Torrance. It's called Torrance Training Lab. We've been around for, we're going on eight, nine years this year, and it's the community. And that's what I love. What I've loved about USC is, you know, taking that family feeling and putting that in the gym. And that's what I think I'm most proud of about our gym. And yeah, and then the difference of competing is instead of coming in and your hour a day workout and getting to chat with all your friends, you're putting in double days and you're talking like five, six hours of training, you know, five days a week. And working on your weaknesses. And then you take your skills and you see where you're at and you compete against the 40 fittest men or women in the world at the CrossFit Games. And you're getting tested on every level and you surprise tests that you don't know about and some you do. And so that's kind of the difference of, you know, an elite athlete or, you know, competitors and then people that are doing it just for their health. And it's a little different how it's done now, but the qualification process just to get to the CrossFit Games, describe how that went for you. My first year, I qualified for regionals. And at that time, if you went to regionals, they took the top, you know, 40 men and women were there for 80 total, but 40 women in your field, and they took the top five to the CrossFit Games. And uh, my first year at regionals, I missed it. Well, at that time, they took three. So I, I finished fifth. I missed it by two spots. The next year, I missed it again by two spots. And when I thought I was right on the verge of making it, I knew it, my time was coming. I tore my Achilles. So I did have a full tear. I had surgery. I recovered and then was able to make it back in 2016 as an individual. And that had always been a goal and a dream of mine. And I think after basketball, basketball clearly is my first love. And, you know, I don't care endless hours I would have put into that. But CrossFit was that next thing that I, that made me have those same feelings of, I want this so bad and I don't care, you know, what I have to do or how much pain I have to endure and what I have to get the challenges I have to face. I, I'm going to make it kind of the same attitude as coming in to USC and, and being there on the team. So yeah, very, very similar in that sense. What were the differences between qualifying as an individual versus qualifying as a team since you've done both? Individual everything is on you. And I think for me coming from basketball in a team sport, it was nice to have on a team there, it's two men and two women. And so I partnered up, I got together with a bunch of my friends who we all 
get along with. And that was so nice because it was kind of like my USC playing days, like your teammates and you you're there to depend on each other. And if one's having a hard day, you pick each other up. And so that the difference was, you know, individually, everything's on you, which is good and bad, you know, because same on the team, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So things that I was bad at my team, I'm sorry, they had to suffer in those things. But yeah, it was um, different qualifications and just both great experiences. Now, in your post-playing days, you've transitioned to being a broadcaster (laughs) as well. And you're out there reporting on CrossFit. You were just at Wadapalooza. So tell me about how that transition worked. I am finally telling my parents that I'm using my comm degree from USC. There you go. There you go. (laughs) That helped out. I've always enjoyed talking to people and being in sports and around it. So then I, this is what I always, what I've learned from USC, use your networks. Like people want to help you out, but if you don't ever put it out there or tell people that you're interested or want to do something, then they can't help you, you know? So I had always from like the early days in CrossFit, like 2013, 2014, 2015, every time I was competing as an athlete, I was like always interested in like the broadcast side of it, the people commentating, the people sideline reporting. And I was like, how'd you get into this? And I want to do this. You know, how, how should I go about? And just asking them questions. And again, networking, it, it kind of like all came together. And I competed in this league called the Grid League. It's kind of like a spinoff of CrossFit. And I had, when I tore my Achilles, the head guy in charge of all of broadcasts for CrossFit had torn his Achilles as well. So we had become good buddies from back in the day. And he had always kind of known that I wanted to do it. And just when the time was right and they needed people and just kind of looking to expand their team, he had reached out and said, Hey, would you want to try this? And so I started at the CrossFit Games last year as just a field reporter. And then at Wadapalooza this year, they were like, Hey, we need a sideline reporter. And I was like, Oh man, okay, yeah, I'm in. So that's how this all came about. And what do you enjoy most about being a broadcaster now? <laughs> that I don't have to die in these workouts. <laughs> Everyone's like, do you miss working out? Do you wish you were out there? And I was like, no, no, no. I am so happy to be on the other side and just be able to report on it and, you know, educate and help out people on the other, you know, who are watching kind of understand what's going on and give a perspective of the athletes, their mindset, and also break down some of the workouts and just get to still be involved with it, get to see it, get to be around the athletes and my friends still. So and really enjoying it. So who are we looking forward to for the 2022 CrossFit Games that'll be coming up in Madison, Wisconsin this summer? Ah, I love everyone. Everyone is so, and when you talk about just nice, humble people, that really is the epitome of CrossFit. Everyone I interviewed after they won their events or won the entire competition is so humble. It's really great. And that's why Patrick Vilner, Pat Vilner, he won Wadapalooza. And he has come second at the CrossFit Games multiple times. And so I'm rooting for him to get, I love Justin Medeiros. He's incredible too, but it'll be a fun battle to watch those guys. And again, on the women's side, Tia Claire Toomey, she's an Olympian in weightlifting, but she, I don't have any doubt that she can come in and just still win the CrossFit Games again. But there are some, you know, competitors around there that are going to give her a run for her money and try to take the top spot. Yeah, Tia Claire Toomey is ridiculous. I mean, she'll come back and dominate again, most likely, until she doesn't want to anymore, right? I mean, that's basically the deal with her. But looking forward to the upcoming season, obviously CrossFit qualifications begin with the Open, where everyone can submit 
what they're doing in the workouts to try and qualify. And then there's not quite the same setup as you had with the regionals. There are different events that are semifinals and things like that. So I don't want to get too deep into all of the mechanics of how it works. But suffice it to say, the top athletes in the CrossFit world will be descending upon Madison, Wisconsin again this summer to compete to see who the fittest men, women, and team is in the world. And you'll be there, I'm sure, to help chronicle it in your new job as a broadcaster. And Jamie, it's really been a fun time for me to have you on and talk about your days playing basketball at USC and what you're doing now. And it's so great to catch up with you. Thank you. Real quick, I am making my return back to the basketball courts. I had to take a little hiatus because I was focused on competing in CrossFit, but I have my first basketball camp planned for April 23rd. It's a Saturday at Jump Beyond in Torrance. It'll be for kids ages 5 to 15, and I love getting back out there and giving back. Like The community did so many great things for me to help me get to where I was and have this amazing journey, and I that's like my passion and my love is to give back to these kids and teach them the game and hopefully spark their love of joy for the game there. So that's coming up. I also have a training program called the Jam Method. So it's an online program that people can do from home. Or if you're local in the area in Torrance or the South Bay or anywhere here, we'd love to have you at Torrance Training Lab. That is awesome. So how do people find out more details about the basketball camp or any of that stuff? We just made the flyer and the landing page, so I will be posting that all soon. It should be on my Instagram, jamiejoyce2. I'll put it up on Facebook as well. And if anyone else is interested, just double check there. They can email me at jamiehagia at gmail.com if they would like the flyer there. But thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I love that, you know, you're bringing all this to all USC sports. For my guest, Jamie Hagia, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 52 of the Everything USC podcast, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and so much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And like I end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.